Hey everyone, this is Pastor Andrew. I'm currently sitting at his dining room table working on the audio and video from this week, trying to make it all run a little more smoothly. I want to apologize for the quality of the sound on the video. We will adjust next week and continue working on making it easier to enjoy worship at home. Um, I will be trying to apply some of the sound that we captured using the microphones into the video, but at this moment, um, the video is still working on being processed at YouTube in their servers. So I'll give it another shot once that processing has finished and see if I can get it to work. In the meantime, I wanted to release this audio version um, of our worship service. It does start a little bit way, a little bit of the ways into the video. If you wanted to try and line it up as close as you can, um, it starts at about three minutes and three seconds into the live feed video. I uh, did notice there is one moment where the music wasn't quite captured uh, during Bev's prelude, so there will be a moment in there where the uh, audio was just missing. But that's okay. We're going to keep working on this and make it a little better. So, have a wonderful week, and I hope to see some of you next week back in the church or at Bible study on Tuesday nights, or you can always give me a call and check in, see how you're doing. It'd be wonderful. Well, blessings on all of you. Have a wonderful day. And again, it starts at about three minutes and three seconds, right about now or now. <laughs> other's company but let's do it outside where we have nice clean airflow uh, my last note in here is about graduations it has been a weird year for graduations if you know of someone in our family who will be graduating in well this this year and you know when it's going to happen or have an idea let becky bertoft know so that we are able to, to have a celebration with them. Are there any other announcements? I'm not surprised, it's been a bit of a crazy time. We're not doing as much as usual. I will add one other thing. If you weren't aware, District Conference has been postponed for a year here at Springfield Church of the Brethren. I am right on that, correct? That hasn't changed. I was afraid I was going to say that, and then all of a sudden I was going to get the update <laughs> that something had changed again. Um, we will, maybe, Becky, if you want to say any words on this in case I get this wrong, um, but we'll still be having delegates to decide on budgets and things. But Okay. Okay. For one year.
So we are postponing, everything's been postponed. I'm guessing the budget and everything, they're just going to keep on with what was currently set aside. Um, and we will have it next year here, we think August the 13th and the 14th. Give or take about then, and we've already checked it's not honors. Um, all right. We are, as I said, we're gonna be doing things a little bit differently. Um, and so I want to now invite you if you have any joys or concerns to go ahead and lift them up now and we'll be doing that prayer after the prelude. I can't say how happy we are to see you here today. Oh. Becky, thank you. <laughs> Prayers for Jean for surgery. You said on Thursday? Wonderful. I invite you then, as we listen to music, to prepare yourself to be in the presence of God more fully.
you back. If you'll pray with me. We are gathered again. We are gathered in this space. This space that is so familiar. It's a part of our lives, our memories, our history. We want it to continue to be a part of our future. We are gathered today to worship you, God, to commune with you, to have ourselves filled once again with the Holy Spirit. Open us. Open our souls so that we may rest within you and to be filled by you. That we may come to the cup. The ever-filled cup. We thank you. We thank you for our brothers and our sisters, for all the support they have given to us, for letters and calls and visits. We thank you for bodies that are healing, for goodness. We pray for strength and comfort, we pray especially this week for our sister who's going into surgery for June. We lift up those names that sit quietly in our hearts today. And we pray for peace in a world so full of chaos. Above all, we pray for your will to be done. And we pray the ancient way your son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our scripture today is a continuation in Acts I'm going to be reading from the message, transliteration. Chapter 4, 23 through 31. As soon as Peter and John were let go, they went to their friends and told them what the high priest and religious leaders had said. Hearing the report, they lifted their voice in a wonderful harmony in prayer. Strong God, you have made heaven and earth, sea and everything in them. By the Holy Spirit, you spoke through the mouth of your servant and our father, David. 
Why the big noises, nation? Why the mean plots, peoples? Earth's leaders push for position. Pontitants meet for summit talks. And God deniers demand the Messiah defiers. For in fact, they did meet Herod and Pontius Pilate with nations and peoples, even Israel itself. They met in this very city to plot against your holy son, Jesus, the one who you made the Messiah to carry out the plans you have so long set in motion. And now they're at it again. Take care of their threats and give your servants fearless confidence in preaching your message as you stretch out your hand to us in healings and miracles in wonders done in this name of your holy servant jesus while they were praying the place where they were meeting trembled and shook and they were filled with the holy spirit and continued to speak god's word word with fearless confidence May these words fill our souls as well. Amen. Good morning, everyone. It's so nice to be back up here inside this wonderful building with Everybody, I can see your faces, even though some of them have masks on. Right? Better that, better that than not at all. There is a truth older than the ages. There is a promise of things yet to come. There is one born for our salvation, Jesus. There is a light that overwhelms the darkness. There is a kingdom that forever reigns. There is freedom from the chains that bind us. Jesus, Jesus, who walks on the waters, who speaks to the sea, who stands in the fire beside me. He roars like a lion, he bled like a lamb he carries my healing in his hand jesus there is a name i call in times of trouble there is a song that comforts in the night there is a voice that calms the storm that rages. He is Jesus, Jesus, who walks on the waters, who speaks to the sea, who stands in 
Jesus. Messiah, my Savior, there is power in your name. You're my rock and my redeemer. There is power in your name, in your name. You walk on the waters, you speak to the sea, you stand in the fire beside me. You roar like a lion, you bled like a lamb you carry my healing in your hands god you walk on the waters you speak to the sea you stand in the fire beside me you roar like a lion you bled like a lamb you carry my healing in your hands, Jesus. There is no one like you, Jesus. There is no one like you. My wife thinks I'm nuts. She's not wrong, I've always been a little nuts. But she thinks I'm especially nuts because I won't mind going back to visit Mexico again. She just texted me, she's watching me. I still wouldn't mind going back. And actually, if any of my friends went, who had gone to Mexico with me would also probably think I'm nuts. Main reason being is I've never actually really recovered from that trip. At least my gut hasn't. Now there are many competing theories among the 19 of us who went on that trip as to how 18 of us ended up so sick that most of us couldn't move out of our beds or where exactly it happened. The point is it happened. And I know for a fact that there was at least one strain of Shigella and at least two of E. coli that knocked us down. I know that because that's what they found in my system at the emergency room in Tucson. It was severe dehydration, and I wasn't the worst. I just happened to be the one who wasn't able to drink for hours on end while out in the hot sun. It took months to get back to normal. Months in which I could finally keep food in my stomach regularly. It took a year before I could eat leafy raw greens. Even today, I have to be careful of my diet. My microbiome, the natural bacteria you need in your body to help you digest food, has never quite recovered to the where it was beforehand. Partially because of the infection and partially due to the strange antibiotics I got from that little clinic down in Mexico. 
I knew I wasn't taking good care of myself at the beginning of this week. Stress does that. Also not eating healthily and not getting a probiotic of some kind regularly because I will actually start to feel pain. And sure enough, I haven't had a yogurt in a couple weeks and I hadn't had a kombucha and I haven't taken a probiotic pill. I took the yogurt, I had a couple bottles of kombucha, I'm back to normal. It's pretty easy to control. Oddly enough, I've actually gotten on kombucha, and if you've never heard of that before, because I can see Dwayne over there going, I don't know, and Doug's like, don't ask me. You take slightly sweetened tea, and you purposely add bacterial cultures and yeast to it and allow it to ferment slightly. It's basically yogurt in a tea form. It sounds weird and disgusting, and I won't deny it is kind of weird and disgusting. It's like tea and vinegar mixed together. But the thing is, if you drink it regularly, you get a little hooked. It does the job. It does the job. That's all I'm saying. And I frankly don't like taking probiotic pills. They always give me acid reflux. Anyway, I've been, I was stressed and I wasn't taking care of myself, hence I need to take better care of that. I need to watch myself a little better. I need my system to be replenished. And replenishment is a natural part of our life cycles. We humans need it. It's so important that God made it into the third commandment. Sabbath. Rest. Whether it's setting aside time to rest or to be with the ones you love, or to go gardening, or walking, or to watch your favorite movie, or even to drink weird kombucha, we need to be refilled. We are promised a cup that never empties in Christ, but in order to stay hydrated, you have to go back to the cup and drink again and again and again. It's not like I can wake up in the morning and have a cup of coffee or have a cup of OJ and be good for the entire day. That's not how your body works. But rest and replenishment are half of the equation. They are in preparation for something else. Work and rest. Expenditure and replenishment. They go hand in hand. We see this in the example of Jesus in Jesus' ministry. He heals, he teaches, he's around crowds all day. And then right after, he goes off and he prays by himself. He sits by himself. I mean, we wouldn't even have the story of him walking on the water if he just couldn't take enough of the crowds and he needed to go off by himself after they left. Peter and the other ten had spent three years following Jesus. And I wouldn't exactly call their time restful. They were being constantly pushed to learn by Jesus' example, to learn the skills, to learn the message that they would need for their future work. And then they watched their friend and their teacher ascend into the heavens and found themselves the leader of a group of 120. Don't worry, they got that first sip of the cup. We call that Pentecost. The Holy Spirit coming in, 
filling them, empowering them. And they began to do things beyond their natural abilities. And through all this, they found themselves noticed by the public, and their group grew by 25 times in one day. All of these believers, though, we have to keep this in mind. All of these believers, those who joined on that day when the group grew from 120 to 3,000 more, all of them, plus those who started, those first 12, they were all Jewish. And they continued to be Jewish. They went to the temple. They ate kosher. They dressed accordingly. If I were to send you back into Jerusalem at that time, you would not be able to pick out Peter and John and the others from all the rest. They didn't see themselves as very different. They saw themselves having a knowledge that was unique that most people didn't. They knew the Messiah had come. They knew who the Messiah was. And their brothers and sisters either didn't or they rejected this idea. It was on one of these trips to the temple. Because the Bible tells us they spent every day together. And a big part of it was going to the temple to worship, to talk, to meet with others. That Peter and John meet a beggar. And Peter heals him. He had been lame. This amazes the crowd. He does it at a place called the Beautiful Gate. Apparently a popular spot. And so Peter takes this opportunity to preach. And he adds another 8,000 people to the faith. Now this, of course, angers the temple authorities, as is what kind of often happens in these stories. And so they arrest them and hold them overnight and put them on trial the next day. Now it tells us the temple authorities couldn't hide the miracle. They couldn't hide the stories. It was already too late. They were spreading throughout the city. And so they say to John and Peter, just don't talk about Jesus. I like their reply. Whether it is right in God's sight to listen to you rather than God's. That's, you got to judge that yourself. For we cannot keep from speaking about what we have seen and heard. As you might imagine, this doesn't make the accusers very happy. But for whatever reason, they decide they can't still hold them and let them go. And that's where our reading starts today, is right after they're let go and they're heading back to the rest. And Peter and John return to the community. They now lead a group of 11,000 people. And that's just the math numbers. It's, if the numbers were exactly 8,000 and exactly 3,000, exactly 120, we're talking about 11,120 followers. If we consider the size of Jerusalem was probably at that time, we're talking about 20 to 30% of all the inhabitants in Jerusalem. Or, to put it in something local, three times the size of Mogador. They had done a lot of work. They had managed to grow the community nearly a hundred times over. 
they stood up against the same people who had worked with the Romans to execute Jesus. And now they take a moment to pray and rest. This is a pattern for the book of Acts. The followers deal with some trial or tribulation, some problem or persecution. And then the book tells us that they go about living and worshiping and praying and sharing as a community. Moments of strain followed by moments of replenishment. They need to return to the drink. They need to return to the cup and be refilled. Now, after this first trial, what do they pray for? The Greek word that they use here is parousia. It means confidence, openness, boldness, and simplicity in speech. They just went. I mean, we've got to put this back in perspective. They just went to the second most powerful group in Jerusalem after the Romans and spoke power, spoke to that power, the truth, the gospel, the same power that could have had them killed. If there was anything that Peter and John had in spades in that 48 hours, it was parousia. They had plenty of boldness. And yet they pray for more. Verse 29, the NIV translation. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. When you hear that, consider their threats, that's actually asking God to shield them from their threats. God, consider what they're doing. Give us boldness. Give us protection. They knew they weren't standing alone in front of those temple authorities, in front of those Sadducees. But God was there with them. And so they asked God to help them push even further. Lord, continue to protect us. Guard us from those who speak against the gospel we proclaim. And empower us to continue to speak in the empower us to continue speaking it no matter the consequences. There is a time for rest and replenishment, and that has a purpose to get ready for a greater trial. And that's when the Holy Spirit comes and shakes the space they are living or praying in and fills the people. I remember lying on that bed in the emergency room. It was very late or very early. To be honest, I was struggling with the simplest of concepts. My brain just wasn't grasping. I felt like I weighed about a ton as I sunk deeper into this mattress than I had ever been in any mattress, as if it was made of jello. I was empty. I knew where I was. I was aware that my friend Joy was sitting nearby. But I felt as dry as the desert surrounding Tucson, which is pretty dry, at least in uh, mid-May. And then someone came in and put an IV into my arm. And I started to shiver as this solution entered my veins. 
it was cold. It may not have actually been cold, but I was definitely running hot, and that was cold. I felt like a balloon, slowly being re-inflated. My mental faculties came back online, as if I was expanding and rising out of those deep crevices my body had formed into the mattress back onto where one normally lies on a mattress. I have never been so aware of every vein in my body. I have never been so aware of how cold your blood can get. My experience was certainly different than what those followers were going through. But I remember what it felt like when those first liquids entered my veins and my body started going back to where it should be. It was to be refreshed on a fundamental level I have never since experienced. Peter and John, exalted and exhausted from their ordeal, thanking God and praying for strength to go even further and having their souls refilled by the Holy One. I titled my sermon today, Pray, Repent, Receive, and Repeat as Needed. And yes, it is a takeoff of my shampoo bottle. Because that's how we need to approach rest. That's how we need to approach the cup. There is always going to be more trials. There is always going to be more work for the kingdom of heaven to be done. Our faith ancestors who carried far heavier and more dangerous loads than we understood this and regularly allowed their spirits to rest in the Holy One and to be filled with the presence. When the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune have pelted you, find the space to rest. Pray, open yourself to God, to the presence, to the voice. Repent. Let go of those things you no longer need to carry. Lay the world back at God's feet. It's not your responsibility. Let go. Receive. Be replenished. Be filled by the Lord, refilled by the Holy Spirit, like the body that cries out for water. Be reinvigorated. And finally, know that you can always, always, always return to that cup. It never empties. It's never out of reach. This world is a thirsty one. I say this, I feel like every week, just turn on the news and check it out. And then I immediately say, maybe you shouldn't. Because this world is a thirsty one. 
crying out for the Spirit of God, crying out for healing. We have the cup. We can go to the cup. We can be replenished by the cup. But that liquid has to go somewhere. So let us be the cups of the world. We'll, we're not Jesus. We're not never-ending. That's why we have access to that first cup. But we can still carry the liquid to others, carry the spirit to others. It's surprising how many people came to John and Peter until you think about the fact that their souls needed the hydration of God. They wanted to come to the cup. And when Peter and John had poured themselves out at the temple for them, they were replenished. And they found their way to the never-ending cup. If you are to bear the gospel to this world, Keep your cup filled. If you are to bear the gospel to the world, be okay to empty it back out for others then. And remember, you can always repeat as needed. If you'll all pray with me in a closing blessing. Holy Creator, Living spirit who lives in us, who fills us with the power. Keep our hearts open to you. Keep our hearts open to others. Help us to replenish this world. This world that calls out in the drought of our times. We thank you and ask that as we leave this place, we can feel our cups are runneth over. Amen. Thank you all for joining this week. I'm not going to walk through and do the blessings in the back. That was the blessings I'm up here. But I look forward to seeing some of you outside and saying hi a bit. Blessings.